gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. Superman. Batman and Robin. Wonder Woman. And the Wonder Twins, Zan and Gina, with their space monkey, Bleak. Dedicated to truth, justice, and peace for all mankind. Well, for me, uh, some of my favorites, I mean, Stan Lee, of course, um, you know, obviously I didn't read his work during his, his initial run. It was essentially like repeats, thanks to the Marvel Unlimited app. Um, thanks to, I think, Marvel's probably the better of the two companies in terms of uh, releasing older material for oh, fans yeah. to catch up yeah. on. Um, DC is getting better. Um, they do have their 75th anniversary collections that you can get of uh, their various characters. But, um, you know, Stan Lee's definitely one of them. You know, the art of Kirby, Ditko, of course. Um, modern, uh, the modern writers, I would say my favorite right now would be uh, G. Willow Wilson for Miss Marvel. Yeah. Um, I, I forget the, uh, let me, I got the Marvel Unlimited app up right now, so I'll talk while I'm looking it up, but, uh, you know, the, the Miss Marvel series overall, in my opinion, um, apart from, uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, um, Miss Kamala Khan is one of the best characters that Marvel's uh, brought out within the last 20 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really cool cause, uh, with the unlimited universe colliding with the uh, 616, you get a lot of, uh, nicer, uh, wider spectrum of characters that are introduced into the Marvel Universe now. Yeah. Um, like, Champions, and, like, the X-Men, and uh, Iceman. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Iceman being one of the more uh, publicly out gay characters now was uh, mind-boggling to me because it, it, it's just so weird to think as uh, Bobby being, you know, the womanizer that he was to bringing a past alternate version of him to the present, and then that character being gay was very, very weird. And when executed properly, it's great. I mean, I, I do think of their uh, Champions line, um, the Champions series that has uh, Kamala Khan, Miles Morales, uh, the younger Cyclops. Yep. Um, I read the first couple of issues of that and didn't care for it. Um, I, 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 you know... Some of the criticism that Marvel's been receiving lately is, is, is the fact that they uh, have a diverse cast of characters, and that's never an issue with me. What I do have an issue with is somebody overtly preaching, and the yeah. Champions uh, series was n nothing more, in my opinion, than, you know... An after school special, um, just just preaching to you, and and, and that just is off putting. You know, I would rather 
I would rather they should have focused on creating a good story instead of trying to, um, you know, talk about things in the news. If, if you know what I mean, yeah. you know, and I think that is uh, that is a legitimate um, complaint to have. But you also have. I'm also hesitant of bringing that up because you know, without being able to clarify it. Um, you know, it could come across as me having the same opinions as, as the neo-Nazi idiots who... You know, oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. It, it, and, and that's the thing with comic books. You have a little bit of escape and you have a little bit of, um, you know, fun. And then some of them can be more grounded in realism, which can be off-putting or just not always necessary. Or you might not align with the idea of where it's going. But I think of uh, the Miss Marvel comic period. It's, it's, that is telling us an important story, especially with, uh, you know, some of the Islamophobia that's going on out there. Mm -hmm. It's telling an important story by not preaching. It's just, this is Kamala Khan. This is her family. This is what she does throughout the day. This is, you know, why she um, wants to become a hero. And it didn't have the. If it wasn't um, Mrs. Wilson uh, writing that comic, I think she's married. She better be. um, You know, if it was just some guy who never never met a Muslim in his life, just just writing that story, it it could come across as really bad. It's just somebody lecturing. You know, Muslims are good people. Of course they are, but just just show everyday life. Yeah, show what it's what it's like for these people, and then you can make your point without having to make the point. And that's where uh, Spider-Man always hit home for me. Is like you have a kid who's working at a newspaper who's always striving to do better, but like it's New York, man. Like everything's going to hit you. They had a whole issue for nine eleven. They had a whole issue for uh, was it the swine flu that was going around when that was huge. <laughs> Uh, there was a really good series called um, The Gauntlet with Spider-Man. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Um, but, like, during that whole time, dude, the guy was sick. He's, like, sick, running around. And then uh, they're lining up villain after villain after villain to not only test him and wear him down. On top of all of that, he's violently ill. <laughs> so it's just, like, uh, you want a little bit of touch in realism. You want a little bit of touch in uh, what's happening now. Yeah. But o- honestly, the um, the way publishing can be, you, you might swing and miss because you might be off by, you know, a week or a month. Who knows? Yeah. And, and I mean, you, you mentioned it, the Spider-Man 9-11 issue, definitely a classic. I mean, there's some things wrong with the story because I think what they had Dr. Doom shedding a tear. Or was that Magneto? That was like the whole um, Marvel Universe. But yeah, it was definitely uh, Doctor Doom. Yeah, and... It's hard to have like a villain who's done such villainous things. Yeah. Who are just like, oh, wow, that's bad. Yeah, how could somebody who... Or or Magneto is helping clear off some of the rubble, which I don't think Magneto would have cared. I think Magneto would have... Filthy humans. Something like that, yeah. He 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 thinks of Homo sapiens as inferior. So why would he help in terms of fixing that mess? So there there are definitely some flaws in that story. It's still a powerful story, of course. But uh, um, at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, people have to remember that you know when it comes to at least superhero comics. You are there for escapism. It's, it, it makes it better when they can take an issue and actually do something positive with it mm-hmm. in terms of telling a story. But at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, it, with Miss with Miss Marvel, 
she's a young girl who can become big and then get a big giant hand and slap people in the face with it. <laughs> it's escape is fair. And that's another thing I love about that, uh, about that comic too. I, I did come up with the artist here. Um, Takishi Mia, Miyazawa and Adrian Alfona are two of the uh, artists listed for the series. What I love about Miss Marvel is that it really, the art and the words meld together as if it, it comes across as if Kamala Khan is actually drawing the story of her life. Nice. And that, because the, the art is not perfect, but you could see a 15 year old girl drawing like that. Yeah. And I think that's uh, the beauty of what I, what I like about it. Um, well, I mean, you talked about escapism. One of, one of the best comics, and it's not even really like superhero related, uh, I ever read was Scott Pilgrim. And I'm not sure if you have any familiarity with it or if you saw the movie. Uh, I have the series and I followed the series um, like halfway through once it started and I picked it up and went with it. And it was during a phase of my life where not only was I going through a really bad breakup, but I like was trying to bounce back from something like that. And then it's like, hey, like we're going to be a little ridiculous, but we're also going to talk about feelings and like real things. And, um, it was always nice to kind of go to that when I was in a weird spot. Yeah. And, and sometimes it might not be the subject matter or like pop culture or whatever, but like having a good story, uh, that's relevant can also help in any way. Which yeah, has always and, been awesome. and, and I mean, that's the wonderful thing about art, art period, but especially with comic books, I mean, there's, there's one thing, common thing theme I see from uh, comic creators on Twitter is that they get really annoyed when someone mentions, you know, I don't like comics in in terms of lumping superhero, essentially saying that superhero comics represent all comics. Yeah. And you gotta, you can't think, I mean, it would be like thinking, you know, Jay-Z represents every single musician ever. I mean, Jay-Z yeah. is one facet of, of, of the music industry, and there's a lot more out there. Um, you know, Merle Haggard is nothing like Jay-Z, yeah. though that would be <laughs> one hell of a combination. That's a really good uh, analogy. Yeah, it's... it's um, So there is something out there for every... I mean, it's... it's, it's, it's Comics and jazz are two art forms that are that are uniquely American, and um, you know comics are, are, are def- You can tell any type of story you want with a comic book. Yeah, um, like the, the, a movie that came out last summer, Atomic Blonde, based on a comic book, yeah. I believe, published by Oni Press. Yeah, um, you know, uh, someone that we know was, was, was going to get me in contact with the writers of that story ultimately didn't happen but right. now that we got a podcast maybe i'll follow up with that yeah one of our co-workers at the strip club we work at you know um yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah there's just a, a lot out there now um what would you say are some of your favorite characters i would say one of my favorite characters is uh There's so many, like, teams and groups that work well together, but one of my favorite things to read about uh, that's not in, like, my main, like, wheelhouse of, like, people I like, Mm -hmm. Hank Pym and Mr. Fantastic have, like, the best banter. (laughs) Um, I remember reading an issue and... Mr. Fantastic is is, um, making a pretty broad assumption about pim particles and he's like yo like this will never work this is crazy and um 
Dr. Pym is like, hey, you know, I've discovered the Pym particles. I know what they can do. I know what's possible. And then uh, Dr. Reeves uh, is just like, I know you discovered them, and I, I accredit you as a scientist, <laughs> but I feel like I know far more about Pym particles than you ever will. And and I just remember Dr. Pym just coming back and saying, you know what? It's on, bitch. Literally in the comic bubbles. And I, I'm like sitting there and like if you ever see uh, Dr. Pym or Ant-Man and uh, Mr. Fantastic in a room, they still have this weird like hatred for each other. Where it's just like two scientists like swinging their dicks around just being like, no, I'm the smarter scientist. And it is the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> it is the goddamn funniest fucking thing. Uh, you'll see something similar with like Captain America and Iron Man because it's like you know I'm from this I'm from an old era of like long ago and like this is how it is and then like you know you have Tony who's the counter opposite future man being like ah robots lasers burr, burr, burr. <laughs> and uh, it, it's so funny. And then when you when you talk about like villains too. One of my, like, favorite villains, like, the most obscure villain, uh, is The Spot, if you're familiar with The Spot. Yeah. So he's this guy who is in this giant unitard of all white, <laughs> and all over his body there's all these little black holes, and they are actually black holes to other dimensions that come out wherever the hell he wants, and he can control it. And it's a Marvel character? It's a Marvel character. So he was a doctor... And he was this brainy scientist who ended up stealing a bunch of stuff to fund his research for this black hole gun that he made. And then he used it to steal a bunch. And then it, like, bonded to him. And then after a bunch of nonsense... Yeah, man, this is one of the best issues, too. Uh, because after he comes back, he uh, he's a mute. <laughs> um, and he's an assassin now. And it just is so funny because you see someone like Spider-Man trying to interact with him and be, like, quippy and funny, and it's just, like, it's not happening. <laughs> but then he's like, okay, I'm going to go to punch you, and then he puts a hole right where his punch is going to land, and then he puts a hole out on his face, and then the fist goes, and Spider-Man punches himself in the face. <laughs> and it's, it's, if you can't touch somebody, it's one of the best things. Like, yeah, in here you have, like, an image where he's just in a room full of portals... And he's just getting kicked and punched where the sun don't shine. Yeah, we're uh, I'm on the Marvel Unlimited app right now, and we're looking at uh, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man uh, issue number ninety nine, which yeah, definitely you have a foot. You got yeah, just limbs all over the place, yeah. but not in a in a coherent way. No, so. <laughs> it's it's so bonkers too when you have uh, these very obscure characters. Who are maybe D-list at best, mm -hmm. but they could have, like, cataclysmic meltdowns of, like, the world if they were to use their powers properly, mm -hmm. which is just really, really funny. Uh, you, you see a lot of that with Spider-Man, where he has these, like, terrible, terrible villains, like Sandman. But then if you, like, give Sandman an island or a beach full of sand, it's, he's unstoppable. Which is hilarious. Yeah. What other char uh, characters would you say are your favorites? Uh, well, 
I also grew up in the 90s era of, like, uh, image was being uh, kind of pushed forward. So you had, like, um, Savage Dragon. Dragon uh, Savage Dragon was really, really fun. It was a TV show, and then I found the comic book. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, much later and much subtle uh, characters like Spawn, who were... They were always the, the thing that people pointed to about why comics were bad. But it was probably one of the best reasons why comics are so good. Yeah. Because they're very well written, and then the art is amazing, and it's just, it's scary. But it's a great story. And, it, it, I mean, that that is why I think uh, Image Comics is so important, because they were, if I'm not mistaken, one of the first big startups that actually started nipping at the heels of uh, DC and Marvel. Because yeah. Image started with uh, some of the big names in uh, comics. Rob Liefeld, uh, Todd McFarlane. Uh, was Jim, wasn't Jim Lee a part of that? I believe he was a part of it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, yeah other, they were a heavy hitter. Yeah, it, they took some of the biggest names in comic creators, brought them all together, and... Uh, um, it, essentially, Image was one of the first big comic companies that allowed the, the creators of the comics to actually, believe it or not, own the uh, the, the characters they yeah. created. So, you know, if, if you buy a, a Spawn action figure, Todd McFarlane's getting that money. Not only that, he was able to develop McFarlane toys. Yeah. I mean, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Like, if you see some of the Gene Simmons action figures, you know. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but it was important because I think one thing that does uh, somewhat get overlooked, but I think, you know, thanks to, you know, there's a new series on AMC, Robert Kirkman's Untold History of Comics. Yeah. Um, that uh, kind of touches upon it. Companies, and, and also our interview with Nick, he yeah. kind of briefly yeah. touched upon it as well. Comic companies don't treat creators with the respect they should. I mean, I, I think it is an absolute utter shame that Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, creators of one of the most iconic characters in comic book history, Spider-Man, died making about as much money as I make now. Yeah. that, that It's th- horrible to think about that, too, because you have like characters like Jack Kirby, who... Uh, um, were essential to not only the comic book industry, but characters themselves and not getting the notoriety or, um, just the, the reputation that they deserve. Well, they're, even, even Jack Kirby though, still gets knocked. Like the, the, the first, uh, episode of the Robert Kirkman show on AMC, they, they have a little dig at uh, Jack Kirby as a writer, saying he wasn't a very good writer. And this is the guy who created the new, the new, the new gods. He yeah. created Dark Side. I mean, someone we're talking about in in movies today. Shut up, you know. I mean, yeah. th- th- there's another movie that's on Hulu, um, uh, actually uh, called Batman and Bill. It's a documentary about this writer who um, discovered, because uh, he wrote um, a, a book about uh, Siegel and Schuster and wanted to write one about Batman and Bob Kane. But the mm-hmm. more he did research, the more he found out that Bob Kane didn't really have as much involvement in, in the creation of Batman as you would think. It was actually a guy by the name of Bill Finger. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it detailed, um, you know, all of, I mean, Bill Finger was the one who created the Joker. He created whole slew of characters and thanks to Bob Kane being the most atrocious asshole of all assholes. Basically the story is he came, Bob Kane and, and Bill Finger came up with the first issue of Batman and then Bob Kane goes, yeah, I'm going to go to the comic company and I'm going to get us a great contract. 
He got himself a great contract. Yeah. And similar to Mel Blanks with Looney Tunes, when you see Looney Tunes, this is voice characterization. Voice characterizations, Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc is not the only voice actor in Bugs in, in the Looney Tunes cartoons. He created most of them, though. Most of them, yeah. But you also have people like June Foray, Stan Freeberg, you yes. know, amazing voice actors that did not get credit until many years later. Yeah. And Bill Finger um, ended up dying alone, um, virtually penniless. The fucker created Batman. Yeah. And, you know, uh, but you should definitely check it out. It's on Hulu, um, Batman and Bill. Um, and, uh, Bill Finger's granddaughter, Athena Finger, is actually on Twitter as well. And I was able to, um, have a, a brief little, uh, back and forth with her on that. Um, it's, it's an interesting story too, because I guess Bill Finger's, uh, during the course of the investigation that the writer did, um, he discovered that Bill Finger had a son, but then the writer, the, the, the writer naively, once he found out that Bill Finger's son was gay, he, he naively thought, oh, that's the end of Bill Finger's lineage, without thinking that, you know, it's possible for a, a homosexual person to have uh, heterosexual relations every now and then. Or just adopt a kid. Or adopt a kid, yeah. But, but no, uh, Bill Finger's son had a, a biological daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, Athena Finger, of course. So, um, you know, it's good that we're finally... And it was great, you know, seeing, you know, Bill Finger's name up on the big screen. You know, it's, it's kind of a... I, I'm happy that writer did what he did. I forgot his uh, name right now, and I'll bring up Twitter. But the fact that, you know, he ultimately got justice for a guy who created a character that embodies justice, that embodies helping the little man, uh, to me, that is very much in- indicative of what that character has to offer. Uh, I think we're pushing time now, but <laughs> I think we are reaching a good stopping point once we figure out the name of the, the individual that we're looking for. The writer. Were you having correspondence with them at all? Uh, I mean, very. Uh, Mark Tyler Nobleman. Nice. Yeah. And that, you said that was on Hulu? It is on Hulu. Batman and Bill. Definitely check it out. But, um,. <laughs> So, yeah, with that, we'll wrap things up. I'll uh, we'll ask one last question here. What would, if for somebody that wants to get into comic books that says, that, that wants an intro, what would be the comic book you'd place in their hands? It depends on what they're looking for. Um, I actually kind of did this when I was cleaning out my comic book collection. I kind of talked to a lot of our coworkers and I found things that were just more up their alley. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things that I did was I gave, um, Eric Fuentes a lot of my X-Men comics because mm-hmm. I felt like that was like easily digestible, but then I also gave him like a, a nice story arc to follow as well. Yep. Um, usually I like to go with trades, like a nice collection of a, a comic book. Um, one of my favorites is to just kind of go with a character you're comfortable with and, then from there, kind of go into little stories, one-offs, things that are easily digestible, yeah. and then finding something that will like push the boundaries or break the gap of like what you're used to, and then by doing that, it usually opens you up to the world uh, that the character's in. Yeah, because that is one misconception about comics that, like Spider-Man, for example, that you know you must read the comic from uh, from issue one on down. That's no. that is not how comics work. Comics are essentially 
there's a rebirth happening all the time with these characters, you know, and they will, like Dan Slott, when he took over Spider-Man, took elements from the previous creators, and then he did his own thing with it. Yeah. And when somebody else takes over for him, they will do the same thing. And they also have really good uh, recollections. So, like, if a character's in a particular bout against a a villain or anything like that, they kind of do a uh, previously, and they'll, they'll show, like, the history of that character or what happened... Uh, even um, mentioning the issue or the page where something was brought up. And um, there was a a really nice run of uh, Spider-Man where Harry Osborn got a girl pregnant while he was the uh, Green Goblin. He, like, still had the Green Goblin ability. And then that baby grew up and is, like, a thing. So there's this, this whole other like backstory, like from like the late '80s, early '90s, right? And then they're like, "Well, let's just summarize this in like a nice three issue run." And it, it, they they usually tell their own stories, which are great. And wasn't that Liz Allen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, Amazon had a sale recently of uh, some of the um, Marvel masterworks, so I bought the first seven volumes nice. of uh, the Spider-Man thing. It was like twenty bucks for all seven of them. Yeah. And uh, going through some of the early ones, where you know, oh, PD, PD, you know, <laughs> Pete. Um, the other thing too is uh, one of the first books that I owned. It wasn't even a comic book, but it was a comic book anthology, and it was just showing you like. A lot of characters, the history of these characters, and then by finding out more of these characters or obscure characters, I was able to find characters that I liked. Yep. Um, one of them that was really, really good was Animal Man. Like he was, he's always been so obscure. And then um, when DC had its um, fifty-two, not reboot, um, the new fifty-two. No, no, no. It was the older one, uh, Crisis Across Infinite Earths. Uh, that whole story arc, they they highlighted one of these characters, Animal Man, and um, you know he's adrift in space, about to die, and then he kind of does his little Animal Man power and stretches it as far as he goes, and he finds an animal in the middle of space while he's about to die, and uh, it's this little thing that eats suns. Which is really, really funny. And then he was able to teleport himself home because that was the ability of the animal. It had this like wonderful ability to teleport and gain power from the sun. Um, what a coincidence. Right, right. It, it, it just, it, when all things seemed their bleakest, um, it, it just, there's really, really random things. And uh, another really good one is like TV shows and cartoons. Um, Justice League Unlimited is one of the best introductions to such obscure characters. Uh, one of them being The Question. I don't know if you're familiar with The Question. Familiar with it, but... The, the yeah. dude with the blank face. So he has, like, no face. Mm-hmm. And he was he was actually Batman before Batman. Um, he had been around since, like, the late 19... Or 18... No, 1920s. And um, it, it, at the time, had... Filled that paranoid brain hole of mine where it's like just uh, the weird things like um, like uh, the Kennedy assassination, all these weird stuff. So he was like that kind of like fringe detective, right? And one of the things that it made me laugh was aglets on uh, t- t- uh, shoes, the little tips of your uh, shoelace, right? And uh, 
it was like aglets are tracer devices that are built into your shoes that people can like track you. And I'm just like sitting there and I'm like, don't do this to me, brain. <laughs> no. But um, after I found the, the character on Justice League Unlimited, it then went into, let me like look more into this character. And there's these like crazy Sherlock Holmes level uh, um, twists. Right, and it was just such a cool character. Yeah, created by Jesse the Body Ventura. Um, no, um, I, no, with the whole Kennedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That joke went well. Um, I, I know what you're talking about. You were like referring to his like Fox interview, Fox News interview. No, he did a TV show, a conspiracy theory TV show. Oh, oh, weird. Oh, okay, yeah. He 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 was on Fox News and he was like kind of going off on some stuff, but it it all made sense, which was really really funny. Nine uh, eleven an inside job. There's no way two planes could do that, but the video. No, they could, but the video. You know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, well, that about uh, wraps up another edition of Friends Talking Nerdy. We all thank you for listening once again. I can't believe we're up to, uh, at, at, at the time of the recording here, episode 14 was released. Nice. So 14 episodes. Yeah. And counting. I mean, we're doing pretty the, good. We're doing good. And I mean, slowly building an audience. We're over uh, 1,100 downloads. Nice. So over wow. a, over a th- three month period. Appreciate now. you guys. Uh, if you do want to uh, get us more in the mainstream, uh, the way the algorithm works for the Apple podcasts, you have to give like a, a, a rating and that pushes us a little bit further up. If, if you want to give the good rating, we appreciate it. If you want to give us a bad rating, just email Tim directly and he can, he can answer any of your questions. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, if, if I'm not busy with your mother, um, <laughs> you know. anyway, so we thank you all for listening. Head to friendstalkingnerdy.com and uh, we'll see you all next week. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Bye. Hey, look at that couple. Boy, they sure seem to be in love, huh? You know, what's with that? That's the second time you've commented on couples in love. Well, I, I like that sort of thing. Tell me, do you have a girlfriend, Brody? Had one. We just broke up. The thing. Is this dork made of orange rock like the rest of his body? <laughs> it's a superhero secret. Tell me, Brody, uh, why did you and your girlfriend break up? She was a pain in the ass. She wanted me to be this typical boyfriend guy. Said I was too into my own world of comics and all. Yeah, I can relate. There was a time when it was all about comics for me, you know? I I had a girl probably the same as yours. She always complained that I spent too much time with my own comics. And uh, eventually we broke up. See, what did she know? Here you are now, a legend in the field. Probably had a slew of women since her, am I right? Oh, lots of women. Jagger and me, we had a running contest to see who had the most. Matter of fact, last time I looked, I was way ahead. Damn, that's hot! But I never forgot that girl. Well, did you ever get back together with her? One day I found out she got married. I had blown it. I had uh, missed my window. No way. Well, what'd you do? I went on with my life. I created some special new superheroes. Uh, They were characters that reflected my own heartbreak and my own regrets. How so? Dr. Doom wears body armor to conceal his own mangled form, right? Yeah. Okay. That was me beneath the armor. The Hulk. A normal guy one minute, a rage of emotions the next. Just like me when I thought about what I'd given up. 
So you created each character as a way to deal with your one big regret. Yeah, the girl that got away. Look, do yourself a favor, Brody. Don't wait, because all the money, all the women, even all the comic books in the world, they can't substitute for that one person. I don't know, all the comics in the world? Trust me, true believer. Well, good talking to you. Keep up all the good work. You keep reading them. I'll keep writing them. Hey, Stan. Yeah. She really meant that much to you? Brody, I'd give it all up. All of it. For just one more day with her. Take care.